0: Dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. So, hey, we're having a great conversation here as we talk about Leave Loud two years later. Uh, We're going to continue this conversation as we talk about part two of this discussion. There's so much more to say, so much more to consider.
1: Is there still a Leave Loud campaign to be had? And I ask that because I wonder if a lot of the sifting has happened. At this point, where you know, I, I I stumbled down a rabbit hole and was looking at some of the old conferences and websites that we used to be right. part of, right? Yeah. and it's like I don't I don't really see too many black folks there anymore. I don't I don't really hear a lot of new black voices entering into these spaces, and it makes me wonder. Okay, have they have they left? And and So that's one part of it. The flip side is, one part is, you know, how much leaving is there still left to do among Christians who've been in our circles? And then the second part is, if folks have left, which I get a sense that a good number have in some way, shape, or form, is is there an evolution of Leave Loud that's more about being on the way?
0: Yeah, I I know Ali will speak to this, but I, I would say briefly that I think, I think you've seen maybe a little bit more of a sifting is because people have landed where they feel like they need to land. Maybe about individuals like you or the witness or others, your Ali or you know someone else. They've landed where they feel like they need to land. They're yeah, we 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 love them and we love the work they're doing and we support it. Or Nah, I'm not, I don't really listen to what they, whatever. Like, yeah, you know. They went off the deep end. Yeah, they went off the deep They're end. They're not or, solid. Or, or any, or just no no opinion whatsoever, which we don't assume everyone has an opinion about us, like, right. or no opinion whatsoever. Like, nah, it's cool. Like, you know, I, I don't really follow them. I don't really have any opinion. But here's what I'll say to that, though, Jamar. I think that is a function of the over-clarifying that is happening right now in this movement as racial justice bumps up again the vestiges of white Christian nationalism. Mm-hmm. And as it does, there is a, there's an over-clarifying that's happening where sides are being taken.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's, there's a standoff that's kind of taking place. And just as a result of that, I think it is crucial for us not to give up the idea and the perspective that just because it has been clarified for others before, mm-hmm. it doesn't still need to be clarified for others now. And here's what I mean by that. I think we need to find what is the next iteration of repackaging and re-approaching the idea of Black dignity, flourishing, and Mm self-determination. Because as we said earlier, it is not a two-year process. It is not a 10-year process. It is something we as Black Christians will continually come back to, which is, does this space properly affirm and dignify me as a human being created in the image of God? And does it give me the place to flourish? And as an example, I firmly believe. Yes, of course, we we recognize that some of this has already happened. This sifting has already happened. But in Christian acad- academic circles, I firmly believe it's relevant.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. how do you? How are you a student of a professor <laughs> that gets kicked out, or a professor whose contract does not get renewed, or a professor who gets fired, or a professor who who gets pushed out and is is um, attacked, or? How are you a student at a, a Grove City where you're attacked? <laughs> like what how do you how do you stay in that space? So what does that look like? Is it is it you need to hop in the transfer
1: portal? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying?
0: Like you need to hop in, like you need to hop to another school that's actually gonna care about these things. And it's not to say that you won't run into those things there, but you can't see what you've seen and still operate how you've maybe that's what it is, maybe it's something else. I just feel like it will always be relevant. And even if it's not, the words leave loud. The spirit behind it will always be relevant because God is always taking us away from places where the spirit is no longer present.
2: Tyler, you said a lot of words to just say white people will always show out. Yeah, <laughs> and mean, so there is there is always course. going to be a moment when a black person is going to experience a white person showing out, and they have to decide, and they have to make the decision to to leave the institution. To leave the church, to leave the, to leave the school. Like, as long as we are dealing with the forces of white supremacy, with white Christian nationalism, with toxic white evangelicalism, there, are, I, I do believe, Jamar, that there is a sifting that has happened. Um, and so we've seen like, you know, the first wave, if you will, but there, but I think, you know, If not every day, regularly, there are black folks who are sitting in their church, hearing their pastor preach a message that is like the record scratches and they're like... (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That 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 ain't that ain't it. Frame and-
1: freeze. Talk directly to the camera. Did that? Did they <laughs> did really they, just say that? Exactly. Like, we, like You're probably we, so- wondering how I got here.
2: <laughs> so I mean, there are people who are who are discovering this movement. I, I I really think that that's something that's that's going to keep happening.
1: So this is what I'm trying to understand. Is like, at this point, this is what I keep saying. Context matters. Context shifts. So we saw. I mean, since Leave Loud, we've seen an insurrection, right? (laughs) We've seen so many other instances of white Christians behaving badly. Help me understand, folks who are there, it goes back, I guess, to your article, why haven't you left yet?
0: Well, yeah, I'll say this, and I'll say I still have at least two to three conversations a week, to every week to 10 days of people who are still in those institutions. Mm -hmm. And for them, leaving hasn't been as clean as maybe they would have desired for it to be, but they're still entrenched because they're fulfilling a contract. They're fulfilling a promise. They're fulfilling a role. And as they're navigating themselves out of that, they're trying to figure out how do I still flourish in the midst of that? And, And I think there is for sure like this level of, yeah, man, we'll just go. And I tell a lot of people this just because that I talk to who are in that situation, just because I know how gifted they are. So I'm like, you're not going to be without a job for long, you know, even if it's a financial consideration. But here's what I'll say. Ah, man, there is something in the kingdom of God, I believe personally, that is going to draw people. And I'm speaking. Yes, I'm speaking prophetically, whatever. I I do believe there's something in the kingdom of God that is going to draw people to have unlikely uncharacteristic alliances with people who they wouldn't have before. Mm -hmm. And that the sifting has also created a moment of opportunity. And that moment of opportunity is for people to come into a space, be their full selves, speak prophetically, and not to say things will turn around, but to be the witness in that space Mm -hmm. and to be, and to bear witness in that space. And I believe it's actually, ah. there, there's so much here. I'm jumping into it and I haven't actually set it up. I believe that there is, there is space for reconciliation because of this, of the sifting. I'm not saying it's without justice and I'm not saying it's without equity and I'm not saying it's easy. I believe that there is space where maybe in certain, in certain places, it hasn't been space before. And I think there are others who sense that. And are saying, do I leave now when there's an opportunity? Mm. Do I leave now when, we, when, when maybe I'm just a, a little bit away from that one singular confrontation that will bring the reconciliation that's needed, that will bring the revelation that's needed? I think there is that. If I'm just reading, if I'm feeling the kingdom, Ali, I know you're like, <laughs> you know, this is our intuition. This is our spirit ledness. If I'm feeling the intuition, I'm feeling that. There's some people who are doing deep, costly reconciliation mm-hmm. work. And they don't want to lose that yeah. effort in the midst of just thinking about themselves. And I believe that there is a remnant of people that God has called mm-hmm. to think like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so, to that point, like I think that that is very important. To acknowledge that there are some people that they have not left because they feel called to remain in those spaces. And I've heard people use that language. I feel called to Mm -hmm. remain in this space. That was not my calling. Mm -hmm. That was not, that was not where God, where God had me. But what God has for me is for me. But I understand that there are other people that they, they might be called to that. And I, and I bear witness, too, that, that there might be some people who really are there doing deep, hard work of reconciliation and justice. But something else that I don't think that we've really spoken to here, and really another, I guess, to talk about our shortcomings, to talk about our failings again, is there are some people who have not left because they do not have a viable alternative. So for some people, it's like Absolutely. you know, we're, and and I yeah. think that one thing That's that we did not do well is we told people to leave, but then where? So some people, some people's. Um, th- their response to it was, I want to leave. I don't want to be in this church. I don't want to be in this space, but I don't have anywhere to go. So mm-hmm. I've had, I've had conversations with people. Um, I've had conversations with people who they're like, well, you know, I go to, a, I go to the only multi ethnic church mm-hmm. in my city. I'm raising black kids. The black church in my city, for whatever reason, There's, you know, we went there. There was some hurt. There was some this and that. This multi-ethnic church. But yes, they, they have some poor stances. Yes, we've been treated badly, but I don't have anywhere else to go. Um, there's some people who've said, you know, I, I have, um, doctrinal convictions, theological convictions, those types of things who say, well, the types of churches that maybe I would feel more welcome or more, or more accepted at, I don't, I don't align with theologically, or I don't align with certain things that they that they do, and so I think that that's something that we have to acknowledge that leaving is not always an option. Sometimes it's kind of like, ooh, I'm sorry, I'm talking too much, but it's kind no, of like it. yeah, it's yeah, kind of like important. Hagar in in the Book of Genesis. Whenever Hagar yes, was pres was pregnant with Ishmael, she left abram and sarai she ran she ran out and god i believe that was the one um where she was sitting where she was sitting there and she was like i guess i guess we're just gonna die and god told told hagar to go back back. but she's she's pregnant think about this i've been i've had two pregnancies being in the desert, I can't even imagine mm. that. I can't even imagine being pregnant and being and being in the desert and whatever. And God told her to go back to essentially her abusers. Like if we're like, I mean, yeah. Sar- Sarai was abusive toward her, and actually for that matter, so was Abram. And God told her to go back, and so she went back. She stayed in the house. She stayed with them for something like thirteen years before she fled with Ishmael again. And so whenever she fled with Ishmael again. That's, that's whenever she had um, the encounter with the God who sees at the yeah, oasis. Oh right, so, and yeah. so God. And so God provided for her in that moment where it's not that God couldn't have provided. It's not that God couldn't have sent the oasis. It's not, I mean, we, we know that God is big, but it wasn't, it wasn't the time for her, for her to be able to go. And so some people, it might not be your time to go right now, but the God who sees, Hmm. sees the nonsense that's going on in the space that you're in. And there might be a time whenever whenever he calls you out and he calls you out and you're able to leave in a way that then you're able to be provided for. You're able to be the head of the caravan. I mean, Hagar's story, there's so much more that I could say about that. She that's gets so such good. a bad she gets such a bad rap. But anyway, that's that's what I think that some some black Christians are dealing with. Right. Now. Oh, that's, that's so, so
0: That's so good. Yeah. Amen. Hey, family, this is Tyler Burns, host of Pass the Mic. And I am so grateful to each one of you for listening and supporting the work that we do here at The Witness and on this podcast. And I want to encourage you if you have been blessed by anything we have said, if you have been encouraged, if you've shared the episode, thank you. But you can take your support a step further and you can support us on patreon.com. Patreon.com slash pass the mic for just $1 an episode. That's it. So that's like $4 a month. That's one cup of coffee per month. Super easy, super simple, and you can keep this work going. We're 10 years in, and we want to do another 10, and we need your help. Patreon.com slash Pastor Mike. We appreciate those of you who are patrons, and we appreciate those of you who are going to support.
2: This episode is brought to you in part by Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary students are grounded in faith and formed in community. PTS students are preparing for ministry with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, Doctor of Ministry, and certificate programs. Begin your master's or certificate program in person or online. Financial aid is available. Visit pts.edu admit.
0: Amen. I think the one last thing I'll say here in in our last couple of minutes is I, I, I will say that one thing I am encouraged by is it seems as though people are learning through a Leave Loud and through these stories and through us speaking freely and boldly and openly about it that you have to count the cost. I think some people are learning that. And I think that's always a good thing. When more people learn, you have to count the cost. Amen. And this is not something that you can do and assume that it's romanticized and everything's fine. I've just had so many conversations with people that this has been costly for them. It has been necessary, but it has been costly. And the world is broken. And even the way in which the church has presented itself and the church runs is broken as well. Um, And it's just been so encouraging to see people navigating, counting the cost. I wish there was... And this is part of the 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 um, leader angst that I have. I wish there was a better way we could help them. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, I wish there was a way we could help. You know, and I wish there was a way we could give them resource. I wish, I wish there was that way. Like, and I think we haven't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. But I think we will. I, I'm, I'm, I firmly believe in the next twelve months. I, I feel like we'll figure that out. We'll figure out how we can help people better. And how we can help navigate for people. Is there, is there, is there an arm or a resource that we can offer people? That's not just an intellectual resource, but that's a tangible resource Mm. that we can show up in the desert and meet some people who are navigating that. I feel like there's, it's just some in me that says there's, there's more we can do there. And if nothing else, I hope people know that we do these episodes and we talk about these things and we, you know, share our stories. And we speak very directly about this because we want to, we see, we see (laughs) Mm y'all. We want to say that we see y'all. We see what you're navigating. We see you. I speak at churches all the time. I see you in the back.
1: Mm.
0: (laughs) I see you off to the side. Seek you out. Yeah. We preaching for you. If I am preaching at a, okay, let me just, if I am preaching at a predominantly white church, I am preaching to the black people in the room. That's it. Mm -hmm. First. It's not to say nobody else can glean. I'm preaching to the black people in the room. So when I I look at the black people, I say, I'm going from this person to that person to that person, and I mark four or five of them and I preach at y'all. Mm-hmm. Because that's God has called me to, Amen. <laughs> to speak to you. And and whoever else God calls me to, praise God. But I'm speaking to the black Christians in the room. And I'm I'm I stand by that because it's so many people create messages, sermons, ministries, churches, movements, and never consider us. Amen. And they're comfortable never considering us. And so I hope people through Leave Loud have felt encouraged, challenged, stirred, convicted. And I hope that ultimately beyond just knowing that we see them, I hope they know that Jesus sees God them too. Sees
2: Amen. Amen. You know, I think that we should just take some time in this to pray for people, to mm. pray for the people mm. who are in this space of maybe they've left loud and they're in the wilderness and they have no idea where they're going to go. Or the people who are, are sticking it out, who are who are sitting in these yeah. places and are still dealing with the different uh, assaults and attacks. So let's just take a moment to pray. Lord. The God who sees, the one who sees our pain, the one who sees the trials, the things that we go through, the one who Mm. hears the racist comments, the one who hears the microaggressions, the one who sees all the things that are happening. We know that you have not left us. You see us, but you not only see us, you perceive us. Mm. You perceive us and you perceive us and you know that what we are experiencing isn't right. And you're not a God that's just sitting there with your mouth open, like shocked Pikachu, like, oh, they're experiencing racism. But you really feel this deep down. In, in who you are as God. And so we call on you now to intervene. We pray for people who are seeking clarity right now that you would give them the sign. That they would have the moment, the sign, the moment of clarity, the thing that lets them know the path that they should go on, if they should go straight, if they should go to the left, if they should go to the right. We pray right now that people who are struggling, that they would have clarity. We pray that ones who are sitting on the fence of where they should worship at, we pray that you would make it abundantly clear. We pray that you would open up doors. We pray that you would open up theologies. We pray that you would open up minds, that you would open up hearts, and that the pathway would be laid out and clear. For the ones who are in the wilderness, Lord, we pray that you would send an oasis. Yes. Sir. We pray that you would send a caravan of spiritual wanderers to take them, to feed them, to nourish them as they go on to their next spot, as they go on to their next place, Lord. We pray for those who They don't know what the path may be. They don't know if they may ever connect to the institutional church again. God, we pray that you would be with them, that you would nourish them, that you would build them, that you would guide them, that you would give them vision for new ways and means and expressions of worship. But they would, that they would lead from where they're at if they're called to lead. And if they are wandering, that they would find others who are like-minded and that they would find community. And Lord, for the ones who've left, I pray that you, that the God of all comfort and peace would guard their hearts and minds, Lord. I pray that you would, um, that you would shield us and, and shade us from all bitterness, from all conceit, from all those things, Lord, Hmm. and that you would, um, that you would help us to be reconcilers even from the outside people who are bringing in justice people who are bringing conciliation even on the outside of institutions that we once inhabited lord i pray for justice for those who have left in the name of justice and who are waiting to see repentance who are waiting for pastors who are waiting for church members who are waiting for denominational leaders bishops deacons clergy Elders, whoever who are waiting for people to repent, we pray that you would bring speedy justice and that there would be repentance, Lord, genuine, heartfelt repentance. That those phone calls that people are waiting for, that those signs, those fruit of repentance, Lord, we pray that they would see the fruit of repentance. And we pray for the people, the ones who are doing the harm. Yes. We pray for them, God, that you would open their eyes, that you would open their minds, that you would open their hearts not to fear some boogeyman in a closet of woke. We pray that you would convict them of Christian nationalism. We pray that you would convict them of their racism. We pray that all of the the black people who have been, the black and brown and indigenous folks who have been hurt by churches, by pastors Mm -hmm. who have been spiritually abusive, who've been manipulative, Mm -hmm. who have said and done things that they knew were wrong, things that have been done in secret. We pray. Pray, Lord that those things would come to light and that it would pr- produce a f- uh, fruit of repentance that they would repent Jesus that they would turn to you that they would lean on you the author and the perfecter of their faith that they would that they would come humbled and bow down and that you would build them back up Lord we ask all of these things in your precious name amen and amen amen, amen.